what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Code Progression Podcast. But Timothy Rocks for Rock and Metal Thrive. Wish you guys a happy Thursday. It is July 8th in this day and age. And, well, this one's an interesting podcast because we get to talk with the band Resolve from France. Yes, their bassist, Robin, is here to talk with us today. And you want to know how bad we want to do this episode? You want to know how? I was up at 5 in the morning to record this bad boy. Oh, yeah. It's a weekday that I record this on. It's five in the freaking morning that I record this on. But guess what? I want to do this because this band kicks ass, especially for fans of bands like Barry Tomorrow, Fit for a King. You're going to want to check out Resolve. Find out all about what they're up to during this whole entire pandemic 2020, what the state of the world is right now over in their part of the world in France when it comes to live shows returning in 2021 overseas, especially if you're over in Europe, though, over by where you guys are. <laughs> and we also talk about their one of their brand new songs called C6 Sailor. However, their newest song, Beautiful Hell, came out after we record this episode, but we will have it in the description for the podcast for you to check that out. And also, the meaning of C6 Sailor when we go into it, oh, you're going to want to check that one out. So are you ready? Because Robin is here with us. Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast. This band comes from Aspiring Empire Records, and my God, I've already interviewed one of their bands beforehand, even before jumping in a lot of this stuff, and I love their sound, love their stuff, and once they got connected with Amsler PR, I'm like, holy shit, can I get as many of these as possible on? Listening through it, listening to this band, I'm like, yeah, let's make this happen, and I didn't care if I had to wake up at five in the morning to make this happen to bring this to you guys, because it is totally worth it after listening to music, so please welcome, from the band Resolve all the way out of France, please welcome Robin, so Robin, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Hi, Kevin, thanks for having me. How's everything? Hi, hi everyone. How's everything going over in France in this, you know, day and age in the world? Honestly, not that bad these days. Things are starting to look up, so... Yeah, the mood is is brightening by the day, honestly. That, that's good to hear because the last time I've talked a couple of different European bands, it just things were not looking very good. But then again, yeah, it might depend been, on the country. There's been well. a big leap like uh in the last month, I'd say. Like we finally like caught up on the on the vaccine and everything. So that's that's definitely like a good the, change. For I mean that that's good to hear. Are there, is there anything coming up with like live shows? Because I've been, there's a very few things I've been seeing from over in Europe. I've seen like Download Fest was going to be doing something rather yeah. small. And then I've really also I've seen as maybe like tours for like really late in the year, beginning of next year. And then maybe the small Bring Me the Horizon run in, was that September, October that they're doing? I haven't really seen anything much yet. But then again, a lot of stuff happening over here in the U.S. It's like there's a lot of different tours that are being announced for like September, October, some August as well. So, again, things seem like they're coming back, but I know more about what's going on here than there. So I have to ask. Well, I'd say I'd say it's coming back. Like I actually got a ticket for a show that's supposed to happen in like maybe 10 or 15 days. But but because there's always but it's outside it's seated and it's socially distanced so like these kind of events are definitely like coming back i'd say like during the summer but what we are playing is small club shows packed with people and standing up so that's gonna take i think still a bit a bit of time to come back i don't know like i'm not i'm not rolling out uh shows in europe like by the end of the year but I can say that it's still, I can say that it's certain yet. 
So yeah, we'll we'll see, we'll so, see. But yeah, supposedly shows are are coming back like by small steps, you know. Yeah, totally understandable. Because right now, I mean, like over here in the U.S., it's it's the shows that are happening like at the beginning of summer. It's yeah, we're starting to see stuff that's going to be like smaller venues are having shows, but there's going to be, there's, it's all standing no social distance or anything because of the way things are going over here. Yeah. There's still been, there's been somewhere, you know, it's seated and I'm... distance like the Corey Taylor uh, solo run that he's doing. But then once July hits, it seems like there's some that start picking up, but then that's when the biggest, the first like big rock music festival gets going yeah, in that, July. That's what, that's what I was going to say. I see, I see those being announced in the U S for like, yeah, July, August. Yeah, the, the, I was say the, the yeah, first. I'm not trading these up, honestly. Seems yeah, like, like you first, guys are doing great. So yeah, the first big ones happening in July in the in like Western Wisconsin, and that's where I'm from. So I'm going to that one, and it's kind of like oh, the pilot man. one. That's gonna be so special. Oh, it's gonna be us. And then once September hits, that's when all of them start happening once again. It's just like an influx of every single festival that you possibly could think of. It's like okay like second weekend in september these two major ones are happening at the exact same time yeah that, that's like, gonna be a thing here as well yeah it's gonna I, be a lot lot of shows a lot of options sure i'll put it this way after that second festival because it's like a four-day thing and i'm camping out there my body's probably gonna want to kill itself due to the fact yeah. that i'm gonna be in like i'm gonna be at as many shows i possibly can beat as many mosh pits as i possibly can by the time the festival is over i'm probably gonna be laying on the ground just like all right kevin time to go home and i'm just gonna like say you're gonna have to drag me into the car there's no way i'm getting <laughs> up because i'm just gonna feel beaten buried and bruised and everyone's gonna ask yeah, me, I mean, was it worth it worth it totally fuck worth yeah it. fuck yeah it was one year and a half of free strain so i guess i guess we're gonna go pretty hard Oh, absolutely! Oh, absolutely! The one show I've been at so far was definitely not a mosh pit inducing show, but it was just—it felt incredible just to be back out there in the crowd and just talking with people that I have no idea who they are. I've never met these people mm. before in my life. Just talking to them, getting to know them, having a good time, and then when the band comes up and sings their song, I was drunk. Everyone has a beer in their hand. Everyone's like palling around, doing a, having a great time. Just like this is what we miss. This is really. Uh, what we wanted wait. to have back I it was beautiful wait. we got bars uh, opening back like 10 days ago here in france and it already felt so good like just like you said just to see like people that you just don't see every day that's like seeing someone else than the three or four people you you can see every day yeah it's like i haven't so seen good. you i haven't seen you since the world completely shut down how's it going man yeah and that's that makes for some good conversations too because there's a lot to, to catch up so yeah, there's a lot to catch up on because who knows what might have happened to these people compared to yourself over the past, you know, year and a half. It's everyone was kind of locked in their houses. So what was all going on there? What did you guys do during this whole entire time? All of a sudden you see some people. It's like, oh, man, you uh, you really let yourself go there, didn't you? Or you really just like <laughs> took the time and just or, really went after it. Or the opposite. Or the opposite. Yeah. Because I've seen a lot of people really get into like sports and fitness and everything. So. I'll say I've seen the opposite over on this end. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I've seen I've seen the opposite as well for sure. Yeah, but it, it happens solely. It happens. It's solely understandable with what we all went through. So, yeah, exactly. but it'll be it, again. It's just nice the fact that during a lot of the past year, it seemed like you know there's a chance for things to come back. You know, in 2021, but it seemed like the date and the time was always moving backwards due to the fact yeah. that we didn't have a specific answer. And once this vaccine rollout started happening, especially here in the U S when all of a sudden it was available to every single adult, 
it was yeah, and it actually worked it well, was, so. yeah and it was a moment in time where all of a sudden it's we finally had this like definitive feeling of okay this is when it's gonna end this is when things are gonna finally get back to normal it was the fact that we had a date we had this new renewed sense of hope to the point where you know we're starting to see concerts come back we're starting to see all these different announcements we're seeing as much new music come out as possible and it just it gets you more excited for the fact that this is all coming back we're all going to get back to what we love doing whether it's yeah. you guys being up on stage playing whether it's me being in a mosh pit and potentially getting my face split open again but worth it again worth it yeah like you guys especially in america have had a really tough 2020 so i think uh, you guys really deserve a break as well oh ab- absolutely and it's it's something we really need in the end just because of everything that happened in 2020, especially when it comes to rock and metal music, no matter what it is. When you go to those shows, it just doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you believe in, what your political thoughts are. What matters is the fact that when you're at a show, the band that you're seeing has a positive impact on you. And the band that you're seeing has a positive impact on everyone else around you. But the reasons for that are completely different. But because everyone's sharing this positive emotion that everyone's just having a good time and you just end up enjoying yourself to the point where all of a sudden you have, you create this like whole entire concert going family around you. And it's, I, like I miss my concert going family. There's people I've seen all the time. I have no idea what their names are, but I miss seeing Uh, them. Yeah. Yeah. I I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's, it's really some, all right, Robin, before we really jump into your music as well, one thing I always like to do to start this podcast is ask you three separate questions to get you to know, get some people like to know a little bit more about you. And yeah. the first two, very simple, very easy. Right. The, the, the third one is my favorite. So first is, what is your name? Second is, when it comes to Resolve, what do you do in the band? And third is, I want to know a little fun fact and fun, interesting story about yourself or your time in the band, whatever it might be, that will hopefully make me fall out of my chair laughing and wake up my landlord for, you know, rolling around on the floor laughing hysterically. I, I, if you need examples, I've got examples from other bands that of crazy stories, but I'll just take it away. You know what? I think I got one. I think I got a good one. So, oh, yeah. All right. So, yeah, my name is Robin, Robin Maria. Uh, I'm from France. I live in uh, Lyon, France. And uh, in a resolve, I play bass and I also like produce some music. And yeah, I do like, like we all get, we all are really involved with uh, everything that is not just our instruments. So, yeah, like on stage, I play bass, but uh, I do like all sorts of things within the band. And to answer your third question, I think like something uh, I thought of when you mentioned it was uh, not my proudest moment, but something that uh, that I, I think I can share. So we were on a tour, I think it was back in 2018, uh, second day, date of the tour. We stopped for lunch on uh, like a supermarket parking lot got some some things to eat and then went on our way back and two minutes after i realized that i had left my backpack on the parking lot backpack containing the fucking macbook that we needed to play the show uh my passport uh, a camera and like basically everything that we needed for the tour so we just like drive back like crazy go back to the parking lot and it was gone yeah that was our, our our faces at the moment. So we start like Ooh. running around everywhere, asking everybody. But the story has a happy ending because we were in Switzerland and people don't stay in Switzerland. So obviously someone had just like brought it back to the like you know to the floor to the front of the store and uh, to the person like 
that was to the security person, let's say. So after like a good five minutes of just running around and thinking in my head, in my head oh my God, what have I just done? <laughs> like this, plus the tour was shaping up to be cool. Like one of our coolest yet. So I was like, did I just fucking end the whole tour with just like one single moment of errands? And yeah, we eventually got the bag back and just uh, <laughs> and went back on the way. We we actually got pulled over by the police like two hours later at the Italian border, and they they didn't want it to let us go. So yeah, it was a tough day. And <laughs> like I said, not my proudest moment, but I don't know. Like, that, that's a funny story. And from the look on your face, it always like oh. Well, well, yeah, the fact of the matter that you left your backpack in the middle of a parking lot and in a different so, country, no, nonetheless, with not with your passport, but also the computer that you need to run the whole entire show off of. Yeah. And the fact that, again, it was returned to the front of the store. It's like, oh, whoever lost this or might come back and try and get it because of the contents that are in there. I mean, if you would have done that here in America, someone would have opened up that backpack, saw the computer, they, and they would have just taken it and just ran. There'd be no it, way in hell you'd be getting it back. Had it happened anywhere else in the world, we were screwed. But thankfully, I got the, I got the good luck of for, for getting this bad back in Switzerland. So And like middle of nowhere, Switzerland. Like not even oh, okay. the big cities, which can be like more like uh, everywhere else, sort of. But we were like countryside, uh, just like a small village. So like in my head the whole time, I was like, honestly, there's like, if I have one chance, it's today because there's no way that somebody's gonna like steal this. Like they, they all have, they all drive fucking BMWs and Audis <laughs> and, and stuff. Like they wouldn't care about a MacBook, you know. It's like, oh, a, com- a computer, huh? Cool. Do I we really have need... six at home, so yeah, it's like, <laughs> do we leaving? really need? Do we really need to take this? But if it wasn't a bigger city, it's just you have the opportunity for that to be taken and then not returned is a lot larger when it's in a smaller town, especially in a smaller, you know, more affluent, a more, I'd say, rich area. You're gonna end up getting something like that because people have what they need. It's not like they're gonna want to take something. Yeah, and, it's like, and you'd have to be. There a really shitty human being too because you open the bag you realize like this whole person's life is in this bag if i steal it who knows what's gonna happen you know yeah so, especially with your passport being in there as well and you being in switzerland yeah. not france because if, if you would have yeah. lost your passport and you're in france okay it's a lot easier to deal with because you are in exactly, your home yeah. country if you're not in your home country and lose your passport i know there's ways i might get still it back. be in switzerland yeah I know there's ways you can get it back, but it takes a lot longer of a time to get it back because, all right, you yeah. lost it while you're over somewhere. I'm, I mean, when I was over in Europe in 2019, it was I always kept my pass. I'm like, okay, it's in my backpack, and so is my computer. Same kind of deal as you. I'm like, I am not losing this whatsoever. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, once I get to the hotel wherever I was at for when I was in Amsterdam, I'm like, okay, I'm keeping this here, I'm keeping this in the corner. I am not touching that thing until I leave because I don't want to, I do not want to end up getting caught to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm trying to leave. I need to be back in America. I need to be back in America. I need to be back home. Where the hell is this thing? I I don't know. And all of a sudden now I'm scrambling around. I'm stuck in Amsterdam for three weeks. Actually thinking about that might not have been the worst idea. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not. Yeah. You can, you can joke with this stuff for sure. I mean, yeah, it's, 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 you can, but like, when it happens to you, like in the moment, you don't you don't want to joke about it all because it's fresh in your mind. It's in the moment, and this is all you're really caring about. But oh, yeah. if it's something where you, you know it's not in the moment, it's after the fact. Especially maybe after some time has passed, you can look back at it and laugh at what had happened, or in your case, what happened. But then 
what could have happened had that backpack yeah. not been returned. Yeah, and that made me a lot more cautious. So in the end, I guess it's a win. So now is it just whenever you go somewhere with your laptop and your passport, it's like you have your backpack on, but then you also have like a padlock that locks the straps to you so you can't take it off? <laughs> no, it's not, it's not to that point. But yeah, just like like from this moment, I just couldn't leave a place without double and triple checking everything. Uh, like every time. I mean, I, I don't ever want to be in this position again because I was feeling so, so bad. Like not only for myself, but my like my mistake would have ended the tour for like four other people. So that was maybe what I was most concerned about, honestly. Like, oh my gosh, they're going to hate me. Yeah. And especially because you were going from Switzerland to Italy at that point as well. Were you guys on a whole entire uh, run throughout Europe at that point? Not through like the whole of Europe, but yeah, it was, uh, it was Switzerland. It was, I think there was some Germany, some, some of the UK. We finished up in the UK. Oh, not bad, especially with the fact that I know Germany is just when it comes to anything rock and metal, it's just massive over there. They're, they're insane. Yeah. That's what I was kind of mad about because I was supposed to go over there and uh, what was it? Middle of 20 or like September of 2020. Cause I'm like, oh man, I get to, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go to see all this different stuff. I'm going to go to Germany. I'm going to end up going to Oktoberfest and trying to see as many shows as possible. And then of course, 2020 happened and that all took a nosedive. And now 2021, it's like, yeah, everything's starting to open back up, but I have no but, idea. But, yeah. but the thing is, is, I have no idea what to expect when it comes to international travel, especially not just like from one European country to the next, but especially with me being from the United States, just of course, we're in a completely different part of the world. I'm not sure what would be what's going to be like going from one country to yeah, another yeah, because I'm supposed like, to go to like five or six different like ones. We, we have the European Union, which allows us to still like travel pretty freely. But you as an American, you don't have this. So every country, you have to do like all the paperwork and everything. So, yeah. And it's what, and again, when I was over there in 2019, it wasn't hard at all to go from one country to another. But it's just with everything that happened with the pandemic, everything that happened with COVID, I am not sure what, uh, what restrictions are in place from country yeah. to country because when I was talking with other people over there, it's like, it depends on how the country is doing because what happens if I get it, what happens if I get into a country and all of a sudden they have a resurgence of COVID and they shut down for two weeks and I'm supposed to leave the net like that next day. Now I'm stuck there for two, at least two weeks at the very least. But then when it comes okay, we're opening back up again. You guys can fr- move around. Okay. Now I'm from a different country as well. Going from one spot to an, especially from if I'd be coming from a country that had a, you know, COVID resurgence. All right. Now there's even more paperwork to deal with, more restrictions to deal with. And I might not get back for a whole two months. Yeah. Like remember back in March 2020 when we thought this was all going to last for like a couple of weeks. One yeah. Month, yeah. I was thinking like, oh, this ain't going to ha- like this won't hopefully this won't last too long. And it was right when everything was starting to shut down. I'm like, OK, you know. I've, I can see like the concert I'm supposed to go to in March and April, you know, they're going to get postponed, but the one that I'm supposed to go see Deftones in August of 2020, I'm like, Oh no, that one's fine. That one's fine. All of a sudden, like it was May and I'm just, I just thought it's going to be rescheduled for 2021. Pretty much the same day. I just said, shit. That was all I can say. I said, <laughs> shit. Cause I was supposed to, cause I was so, I was ready to go to that show. I'm just like, okay, that one's going to get pushed back. And good thing it was August. Pushed back to, has it been pushed back to next year then? No, or? it's happen. It's happening in August of this year. Oh, sick! So with Gojira, right? Yeah, with Gojira and Poppy. Awesome, awesome. What, what a lineup! <laughs> so I'm, I mean, I'm excited for that one. But then, like, it's of course, I like there's, there's about maybe half of the shows that I had, uh, was ready to go to in 2020, 
it was those are the shows like I still have the ticket stubs for them, but they got canceled outright. So now I'm just like, okay, I'm using these ticket stubs as bookmarks because I'm not getting rid of them. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like weird. It's just a look at a time like going back and yeah. enjoy what happened because like I'm reading a book right now and all of a sudden like my bookmark is this ticket stub I had from a tour with Hollywood Undead headlining with their support being Bad Wolves, Fire from the Gods, and From Ashes to New. I'm just like, yeah, I'm gonna use that ticket stub as a little bookmark. I've got a couple others that are still there. But then it I'm going to a lot of money in a few years. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm hanging on to a bunch of them as well, too, because there are still maybe three or four uh, shows that I have bought that they're still technically postponed and they've yeah. never been rescheduled. And I haven't got my money back on yet. So I'm like, what's oh. going on with these? <laughs> yeah. Just like you said, bookmarks sounds good. It, it, that's, it's, about, it's a, that's about all they good for. It's a practical use until all of a sudden give it like, maybe 10 15 years and anything that might have been related to 2020 might become incredibly popular with different memorabilia sites because i mean take a look what's happening now nfts are becoming a huge thing pokemon cards uh any kind of sports trading cards the market for those is absolutely massive right now but then when it comes to the 2020 stuff as well the fact of the matter is if it has it's gonna have that date 2020 on there and it never happened because of the small amount of things that are going to be out there that have that, because, you know, okay, there were, there was only a certain amount of, like, take a look at concert tickets or like any kind of sport tickets, for example, yeah. there's only a certain amount of those that were even available for that event, for that, uh, for that game, whatever it might be. But yeah, like, I guess, like, yeah, like you said, for a lot of bigger sports events, most of the tickets were probably already sold by the time the pandemic happened. So yeah, like you said, this is, this is going to be like, collectible stuff for sure. it's gonna be interesting so i'm definitely keeping that hollywood undead ticket i'm keeping the uh which one is it i might have oh no that one got rescheduled i'm just trying to think of anything uh oh as i lay dying they were supposed to come here in june of 2020 mm-hmm. and then it got rescheduled for march and they scrapped the whole entire tour still got my ticket for that uh sleepy with sirens amity affliction that one i still have no idea what the hell is going on with but i'm like i'm holding so, on to this so thing. many tours man so many tours yeah, rest in peace to as many tours yeah. as possible. So when everything happened, especially in 2020, did you guys have any tours that were being planned in the works or any tours that were going on that got affected by it? Uh, yeah, yeah, you could say that. Basically, 2020 was supposed to, like, we got our, uh, our first sort of little break in 2019. So 2020 was the year we were supposed to start, like, act- touring more actively. And we had, like, we had uh, the biggest tour we'd ever done yet. That was supposed to start on March 18th. So literally, we were literally like doing the final rehearsal when we got the email that confirmed that it was going to be canceled. I mean, we saw it coming like, I want to say even maybe weeks before. But yeah, this one, this one was a big hit. Then we had some like the biggest festival we had ever done scheduled for the summer. All of them got canceled as well, obviously. So yeah. You, you could say you could say we really got hit hard. I mean, it could have been worse because the ones that that got it the, the worst are the bands that, that had just released an album. Because mm-hmm. you're like absolutely screwed. There's no way you're gonna be able to defend this album the way it was in Talent Two. So thankfully, that was not our case. So that could, it could have been worse. But yeah, touring wise, was a big hit for sure. Oh, I know what you mean, because I I got to talk with Mixie from the band Stitch Up Heart, and they released their most recent album on March 13th of 2020. Oh, Same thing nice. with Code Orange as well. So I'm like, you guys are coming out. Like, I, I get it. It's You're putting it on the, same, on the same release date because you had that all planned out. 
And at that point, the shutdown had, especially here in America, it was starting to happen, but it hadn't fully happened yet. No one knew yeah, what to expect. Yeah, we were a bit early on this, so yeah. Yeah, so I'm like, oh, shit, that's interesting. But then we'll see what happens where it comes to – where I looked at it was the bands that had been releasing during that time, especially during the shutdown, if they had new music, it was honestly more helpful because after about yeah. two, three – after about two weeks – it was uh, here in America. Everyone was watching Tiger King on Netflix. But after two weeks, it was how much more can you get? How much more can you watch in terms of like, okay, you're going to be watching shows that you continually watch over and over and over again. People are just going to be watching The Office over and over and over oh, again. Yeah. And just sitting down watching the same old stuff, listening to the same old stuff. They're going to be begging for something new after a couple of weeks. So when like August Burns Red released their album, it was it was a breath of fresh air, honestly, because they were supposed yeah. to like, and then and like I think I think it charted on like I think it was their highest charting position for this album or something. Yeah, yeah, so. I think it was. And then at the end of the month, all of a sudden, Trivium comes out and says, "Fuck it, we're doing it too," and they just push theirs out. And because I, I know so many, they were pushing them back, and I understand why bands push their albums back because you want to be able to release an album and have a full support run on it so that you can promote the album, but. At the same yeah, time, like even just make your money back, you know, that's because that's the that's the main thing too. Yeah, but at the same time as well, I was thinking if you're releasing it during a time when people are sitting around doing nothing, craving something new, especially if in the rock and metal aspect, all the shows were going down. It's like okay, we need something new. Like just give us something. The bands are releasing during that time. They had a little bit of an interesting uh kind of growth in that way. I think a great example of that one is from Ashes to New because I really did not know about them. All of a sudden I was seeing some little things about they were doing with like different cover songs. And then halfway through the like the first part of the whole entire shutdown here in America, they released uh their single Panic. And that thing just blew up insanely because it gave people a relevant topic to talk about, especially with its yeah. content. But it also gave people a nostalgia factor because it had this newer feel on like a Lincoln Park inspired track. So everyone was kind of starting to get behind. I really got behind that track as well. So I do understand it. But going back to with you and Resolve, so you guys had this whole entire tour planned. It completely got canceled right at the outset, right before it started. But you guys did see it coming a little bit. I remember seeing, uh, like, I think it was like around March 12th or March 13th. There were a lot of bands from America that were over in Europe, and it was the travel oh, band yeah, went yeah, to effect on, yeah. on, on the morning of Saturday, March 14th. So like the 12th and the 13th seeing the posts from all these bands like scrambling just to get out of there just to get home before the travel ban went into effect for the COVID-19 pandemic it was it it was definitely a weird time to just kind of be a part of in a way and just see yeah, everything but, that happened but you know what like I want to give credit though to uh to the fans because like we personally when this happened like a couple of days later we just like reached out and we're like all right so honestly like we had like all the merch printed already uh, we are like this deep in the hole, so here's everything that we had planned for the tour. If you want to buy something and just like support us and try and make some money back, and like people responded like they never did before, and I think I think the same went for every band. So really, like I want to give props to the fans for uh, for supporting the, the the artist at this time because I think uh, I think it saved a lot of bands back back in those days. Oh, I, th I think so, too. And again, props to the fans on that one, because we again, I think we all kind of saw what was happening. 
And even though when it came to finances, I think one of the big things, especially from the early part of it was because we weren't sure how long it was going to last. We were expecting maybe two weeks to a month in a way Yeah. where it's like, okay, we've got enough savings. We're all of a sudden it's like throwing some money to support some of these bands, buy some merch from some of these bands. Yeah, go for it. Why not? I did a good amount of that as well. I kind of had to stop doing that around like July and August. I'm like, I'm buying way too much. You yeah. Know, I, I mean, you can, you can only buy so much before, before it gets, becomes a problem. So. It, it became a point where my closet just like I'm taking out taking a look at the shirts that were in there. It was just filled with Rise Against and Ice Nine Kills t-shirts. It was pretty much like it was like I had here's 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 there here's this group. Then it's a really large group between the two of them, and I'm like, and then here's the rest. Like the piles were the exact same. Yeah, looking like what the hell am I actually doing? I'm like, I could be spending this money on doing more stuff for the podcast. I could spend this more money on equipment. I'm like, but then again, I kind of am spending this money on like the podcast and all the videos and stuff because during these episodes, I wear these shirts anyway. So why the hell not? I mean, I bought this yeah, one during sense. the pandemic as well. I'm like, hell yeah, let's just keep going with this. And even with like some of the smaller bands as well, because there were a couple of small bands that were doing very small shows even during that time, just because oh, yeah? that's what they needed to do in order to make money. That's what they needed to order just to keep going by the time this ended that they'd be able to keep going on. And like the shows were like rather small, maybe like 50, 60 people would show up in a larger area, kind of stay distance from each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, I've had these bands in the podcast. I've become friends with these bands and I miss live music too. So yeah, I'm going. Even if the drive was three and a half hours in the middle of nowhere, oh, I still went. <laughs> that's pretty cool. cool. So I'm, I was like, yeah, I, I didn't woo. know that still, uh, that there were still like smaller shows happening. That the, yeah, they were very small. There was one big one that ended up happening and it was uh, the Sturgis Biker Rally. So a lot of motorcycle people that were going out to Sturgis, South Dakota and they did not stop for 2020. Like they just went full force on everything. And there were a lot of bands that played out there as well. Right. And they're looking and they were looking at that being like, you know, especially when the surge happened in September, October, November here in America it was like that kind of might have been the catalyst behind it because you've got 150,000 people in the same area. Mm-hmm. And it's like, OK, yeah, they're all in the same area for a, like a weekend. That's fine. But then they all go home. Yeah. But one thing I will say is like, I'm not going to give any bands any sort of grief or anything if they played during 2020, because. I understand the fact that, you know, for a lot of people in these bands, this is their livelihood. This is what they do. So when it came to just trying to survive in order to make sure that by the time this ended, they were still going to be able to play music and still be able to be in the band they wanted to be in. They're going to have to take these risks when it came to just like some of these really small shows, when it came to some of these just like, okay, going out there and potentially taking some of the negative repercussions that might come from it in terms of, I was talking with somebody else recently as well when it comes to, uh, out in California, a lot of venues that were out there are kind of blacklisting some bands that are out there because during 2020, they were playing yeah. some rather small shows to try and keep going. And it's like, well, because everyone else was stuck in and you kind of went out against the rules, we're not going to let you play at our venue. I'm like, but they were just trying to survive at that yeah, point. Yeah. Um, like to add to that, maybe like it'd be too easy to put the blame on the bands solely because assuming like assuming every people in the audience was just gonna like isolate for uh let's say 10 15 days after the show or just like not see people at risk like that would have been fine but the problem is that lots of those people just didn't care at all and just went on with their life like it like nothing happened so yeah totally understandable with that because i mean even when it's like okay you know 
we're gonna come here but then go home it's like yeah 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 sure and then when all of a sudden like the uh here in america when they they said that you don't have to wear a mask if you're fully vaccinated it's like well then how do you prove that so it's like you know no one's really gonna care at all it's like if someone if you walk into a store it's like oh you have to wear a mask if you're not vaccinated but if you're not gonna check i'm just gonna say i'm vaccinated and just say screw it i mean I'll put it this way, though. I did get my vaccine just because I didn't know what to expect in terms of concerts coming back. But if for some reason someone was going to require it, I want to make sure that if it was a show I wanted yeah. to go to, I was covered. Yeah, yeah, I got my vaccine too for for this exact reason. So yeah, I, I, I mean my I mean my arm might have almost fallen off because of it, and I had to sew it back on. But you know what? It was worth it. I still got yeah. it. I still got function. I was fine personally. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much all I had was like right where they right where they jabbed it both times. It was like, okay, you know, it's sore in that spot. But otherwise, outside of it, I know some people that had some uh, nasty side effects who have basically just kind of like, okay, they got felt like really sick for 24 hours. Oh, like, yeah, okay. you can, yeah. I was I was just nervous. I'm like, okay, I'm getting the shot in the morning. I got to go to work. And then I'm going to the gym afterwards to work out. Hopefully, it doesn't take hold of me when I'm in the gym. All of a sudden, I'm running on a treadmill. Like, I'm five miles in. And next thing you know, I'm like, oh. And then fall right. face first. <laughs> I go home. Yeah, I fall face first, and all of a sudden, it's like the oh, thing's fuck. still running my face against it, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, I look like Two-Face from Batman. Too bad, man. It's not that bad. But, oh, during the time of 2020, after everything got, uh, the, that tour got canceled, when you guys were, you know, kind of, everyone, like, in the world was kind of forced in their homes, what did you guys do with Resolve in order to make sure that by the time... Were, that were happening now where everything's starting to open back up again. We're starting to get back live shows. How'd you make sure that you were going to be ready to go back out on the road and really go back out and play live shows and even perform and, you know, create new music as well during this whole entire pandemic time? Well, we never really stopped working even though like shows got canceled. So even like even before COVID and everything, we were working on the, I'm, I'm going to like choose my words wisely here because we haven't really announced anything yet but i mean people are not dumb and they can clearly yeah. die. i mean they can clearly see that we are up to something oh totally understandable but, just uh if you if, yeah. if you if you want to announce them announce them whatever just, it might be if you don't I just, want to i just won't just, say the i just totally. won't say the a word you know what i'm you know what i mean i know what but you mean. let's let's just assume so yeah we, we work on this like pretty hard so like i got some extra time to mix which was which was cool uh we tried the we tried the twitch thing for a while like uh in may june bit of july because we just like we just missed the connection and it was it was really cool it was really cool like people really liked it and we got to build a, a bit of a deeper relationship with a lot of the fans so that was really nice but it was also really really time consuming so we just had to like put this on the side and focus on more stuff because you know working on the a world you also have to shoot videos you have to do you know like all the all the more creative and visual sides so that kept us like really busy for the whole of the year and uh, and even now because uh, lots of stuff is ready and uh, ready to go but there's also lots of stuff that needs still to be to be worked on so yeah that in a way i'm even sometimes i'm thinking like what if it didn't happen like i i seeing how, many, uh, how long it took us to just like get to the point where we're uh, happy with everything like if we had to tour at the same time i don't know who would have done it i think in like from this angle it sort of helped with the with the final result of what we're gonna announce sooner so, i mean sooner than later 
And uh, I, sorry, what was the what was the the actual question again? No, I mean you pretty much answered the question. Stuff. I just want to know what you guys were up to in 2020 when everything got shut down. And I do understand what you're saying as well, where especially with okay, now you have all this time to focus in on whatever you're working on, some newer stuff as a lot of bands did as well. So that's kind of where I want to throw that in there, where it seems like every kind of band I talk to, it's okay. What were you guys doing during this time? It's like, we were writing, we were working on stuff. If we got to record some stuff early on, we were recording it and then we're mixing and mastering it. We're trying to take care of everything from that aspect. And if in 2021, I mean, I think it's showing dividends where the majority of the new music that I see being released, whether it's album, whether it's singles, whatever it might be, the majority of it I'm seeing is rather high quality. It's really yeah. good. And I think, yeah, that's uh, what, true, yeah. And I think from a like from a mixing standpoint for, on your end, what it allowed you to do, especially with all this time, is it took a lot of the pressure off of maybe hitting a deadline that you had to hit. Yeah, so, cause there, especially because there was no deadline, honestly. Because uh, as we are still like a, a tiny, tiny band at the time the pandemic hit, like we were we were unsigned, so like we knew that we had to, like we had that we had to get going and uh, try to be quick to not lose like people's attention too much. But at the same time, like we also knew that we wanted to release an album, like on the label. So it was also like a big part of the year to just like slowly build the team because we already had a, a manager at the time and a booking agent. But it also took a lot of time to to build the team around them, and especially because people just like were in the dark regarding like the future. So lots of people were really cautious and things. I think. I think took a little more time that they sh should have or they usually do. So yeah, that was also a big part of our year, just building the building the team around the band so that we can speak today, you know. Absolutely. And instead of just focusing in on okay, everything happened and all this stuff's happening in 2020, everything's getting shut down, this tour is getting canceled. Instead of focusing on what could have been had this not happened. What it seems like you did is, okay, this is the situation we're in now. What can we do to make sure that by the time we come out of this whole entire pandemic, out of this whole entire shutdown thing, that we are prepared, we are set and ready to go for building a team up around you so that everything that you do following, uh, basically following the end of the pandemic or the end of the social pandemic, where all of a sudden you guys are able to go out and tour again, you have the team around you to really yeah. maximize on that. And then when it comes to making new music as well, yeah, you have stuff recording, you're mixing it, but it allows you to try many different things to maximize the sound, oh, yeah, maximize what you're really, going for. Yeah. Because really got deep. Yeah, because yeah, because now you have this time to freely experiment. You don't have a deadline that you have to hit. It's not like okay, we're we're working on new music and it has to be up by this day so that when we go on this tour, we can play it, and we can use it for support as well. But if it's not ready, it's like okay, do we push it out so that we can support it, or do we? hold it back but then it's like okay why are you holding this back kind of thing instead be having the time to be able to work on it and try as many different things as possible when it comes to new music you might have actually opened up some other things creatively as well that you might not have noticed about yourself about the band as well during yeah, that probably, time yeah. because you had that large amount of time that large amount of freedom to work with yeah and like even just like you like you also realize how fragile all of this is so that just gives you a new perspective because uh, like I remember a time, maybe like uh, let's say uh, October of 2020, like for a while, a lot of people just thought that maybe life was never gonna get back to normal. Maybe like it was all over. So yeah, it just like gives you 
you you reevaluate your your life choices for a bit, and then uh, and then you're like, no, no, screw this. Like there's there's just no way, and we're gonna keep like even if we, I think even if shows never come back, we'd still we'd still be a band because you can also do lots of really really cool stuff online. I don't know if you've seen the this live show we've just done uh, on YouTube with landmarks because that kept us really really busy during the the pandemic as well because we. We shot it uh, really earlier in the year, so that was a really cool project to to do as well. I did not see that. You worked with Landmarks on that. Yeah, like Landmarks are good friends of of ours. Do you know Do you know the band Landmarks? I do. I'm supposed to be interviewing them the day after we're shooting this one. Oh, nice! They're 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 really cool guys. So yeah, we we did. Uh, we were supposed to. I mean, we still have a tour coming up with them, supposedly in October 21. Uh, it's uh, the whole of Europe and uh, and the UK, so it's still a bit up in the air, you know. But we thought, you know what, we're gonna take the whole tour package, bring it to uh, our uh, HQ because I mean, it's right now we have a studio and a warehouse downstairs, and so uh, everyone just like set up and we got a, cam- a camera team and everything, and we just like recorded the show as if it uh, as if it was just happening. And yeah, we we premiered it on uh, YouTube. Uh, on uh, like this past Wednesday, and the reaction were unbelievable. Like you could tell people were really enjoying it, and almost felt like it was a real show, which is something that we really felt while shooting it. So, was an awesome experience. You should check it out if you if you enjoy it, Mark. It's, it's really I'm good. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have to. I mean, again, the day we're shooting this as well, my favorite band release now. So I'm like, I'm kind of gonna be focused on that for the primary part part of the day. Yeah, for sure. Hopefully, sure. but hopefully, it's time like I'm like, okay, I kind of need a break from it, even though I'll probably listen like six or seven times through. It's like, okay, might need a break from it. Then I can go to that and just enjoy some of the live stream stuff as well. Because when the, all like those live stream shows were happening, I was concerned to see what was gonna go on because. I remember right as the shutdown began, it was like the first day, like everything kind of started shutting down was on uh, March 17th on St. Patrick's Day. So the band had dropped the Dropkick Murphys. They always do something big on St. Patrick's Day. So they mm-hmm. did like the first live stream concert I can remember. And it really wasn't anything special. It was like they were just kind of in their rehearsal space and they just played for two hours and that was it. But of course, because no one knew what was going on, doing something like that was I thought was perfect, but what I was always curious to see was as this pandemic rolls on, what are these live stream shows going to end up being? Because if it's going to be bands trying to do live stream shows the same way they would do a regular live show, it's not going to necessarily work because you don't have the fans there. You don't have that kind of experience there. It's very similar to what happened when televisions first came out and all of a sudden you saw like all the ads and all the programs that were on there were very similar structure to what they were on radio. But now because you're in a completely different medium, you have to end up making these different changes. And I saw a bunch of bands doing a couple of different things as well. Like I saw Ice Nine Kills, they kind of played like, they did like a re- like a re-recording of uh, a show they did back in November of 2019. But they put like a okay. whole entire like small horror movie in between each song. Oh, and then I'm trying cool. to think, uh, Falling in Reverse did this whole entire like green screen thing. It was... Uh, the first one, I'm like, okay, that's kind of fine. The second one they did was a lot better, though. Uh, Moses White did a whole entire, like, gothic thing behind it. So they put a lot Sick. of, uh, trying to think some other ones. Uh, Hollywood and Dead did a whole entire thing where they basically performed and had a house party behind it as well. So they had, had this whole entire, like, moniker of that. And it made a lot of sense where all of a sudden bands were starting to do this more live stream stuff. And they're starting to add more of their own personality to it. So it became more of, like, uh, 
you're watching a show, but you're also watching a movie at the same time as well. And it kind of made a lot more sense. But one yeah. thing I'm going to be curious to see is, and I want to, I want to get your take on this as well. As bands get to do more live performances, as we get back to that kind of thing, do you think live stream events and live stream shows might continue in some capacity? In, I mean, that's just my opinion, but I, th- I think it will. I think uh, I can see something happening, which would be like the bands will have to like schedule. Okay, so on this tour, we are streaming this show for all the people that just can't attend the tour due to being like in different geographical geographical zones or anything. Yeah, I could see I could see live streams going on this way, like it becoming a standard practice to stream one show of your tour or maybe like the. Maybe the first show, or you know, when you're still in the production uh, rehearsal and everything, as a way to also drive ticket sales. That yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think live streaming or is gonna be around for a while, or just like just then people you know taking over Twitch and like giving a bit more of the of the day to day stuff and a bit more insights. Uh, yeah, I think I think all those things are are here to stay. And personally, I'm all for it. I'd say one thing I've been kind of thinking about and talking with people is when it comes to everyone being on Twitch as well during this time and streaming everything possible, when tours come back, I was wondering how that's going to end up continuing on because now it's like, okay, you know, people are going to still be doing the same stuff they're all doing. People out there are still going to be watching these uh, musicians on Twitch, on Instagram, whatever it might be. But now that they're going to be on tour, you're going to get a completely different side of them. So still opening up to Twitch in that realm and streaming and potentially it's like, okay, we're kind of doing this thing on tour today. We're kind of on yeah. the bus. We're kind of hanging out right now. So let's kind of hop on Twitch. Let's do some fun stuff while we're That's all gonna on the bus together. That's going to be interesting. I haven't seen maybe three of them like Matt Heafy, but I haven't really seen any band do that before the pandemic. But I'm pretty sure a lot of them are going to do that after the pandemic. Yeah. Like if you take a uh, straight from the path, for example, like, their drummer is killing it on Twitch. Like they just launched the band's own Twitch channel. So I could see them like continuing on and yeah, just like you say, giving a bit more of the of the backstage backstage uh, life uh, on Twitch, stuff like that. I think that's going to be awesome. And I yeah. think fans would be thrilled to, I th- to see I, this. I think if anyone should do it, especially, I mean, to look at Matt Heafy or look at Ronnie Radke, if they end up taking the run on that and just really focusing in on already now, we're on tour, we're doing all this stuff, but like maybe like a half hour during the day, all of a sudden they jump on Twitch while they're on the bus and now they've got all yeah. the other guys that are there as well. What happens exactly. if what happens if what happens if they're just like messing around and just like potentially like trying to potentially come up with an idea for a song or something while they're waiting there? And use Matt Heath, for example, say he's on Twitch and they're just messing around doing this stuff, and you might end up finding in that the moment where they create one of their best songs or where they come up with the idea for it, and then you see where it takes shape. But you can see the beginning part of it. And also the fact that, you know, as as a common fan, you always wonder what's happening on those buses, what's happening on those tours, what are some yeah. of the crazy stories that happen, especially when you hear stories about like hair metal bands from the 80s, when you hear stories about what Motley Crue did. It's what yeah, happens. I don't think could, that's stuff you could do on Twitch. So <laughs> No, I'm, I, but what I'm saying is what happens if you could see a moment that has some sort of like, cr- that creates some sort of lore around the band. What happens if you can see it happen live? Yeah, exactly. Like it just adds so much more to it. But then also one thing I kind of like what you said was when you have these tours that are put together, what happens if you do do a live stream event maybe as the final stop on the tour so that everyone that couldn't get out to it or everyone in different parts of the world that wanted to see you guys perform with, with a certain band 
it gives them the opportunity to actually check that out. Plus, I mean, that's kind of another show right there. And you can always charge, you know, like five, 10 bucks online oh, yeah. for the, for that event like you would a yeah. normal show. But of you course, can, you can make money from, from live streaming. Like you can definitely make some, some decent money from, from this. Yeah, because you never know what might happen. All of a sudden, it's like, of course, you know, you're going to have to have different equipment that you're going to have to work with, different cameras, and seeing how that's going to work. Of course, that's going to cost money. But the fact of the matter is, you're giving yourself an opportunity because you're opening yourself up to, instead of just, you know, maybe a thousand people in one room, you're opening yourself up to billions of people around the world, potentially. And will billions of people end up buying tickets to the live stream? Of course not. Will, will a million know. people buy? Of course not. But what happens if all of a sudden 10,000 people from the around the world buy a ticket to that live stream? And or let's even, say it's, or let's even say, the people who were at the shows, like earlier shows yeah. during the tour, and they want more, will they buy a ticket? And, oh, yeah. And there's, definitely gonna be, there's definitely going to be people like that because there are different bands that go on tour, and all of a sudden it's you see them in different cities, you see them in different states. It's like because you just really like the band. You really like their live set. And you want to go and see them. Hell, that's going to be me come August and September because all of a sudden I'm going to be out in Las Vegas for a bachelor party. Oh, shoot. The first time I'm out there, Rise Against is playing out there. Yep, I'm there. Two weeks later, they're going to be playing in Milwaukee where I'm from. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm there. Next week, they're going to be at Blue Ridge Rock Festival in Virginia, and I'm going to be at that festival. And guess who I'm seeing when I'm out there? You already guessed it. It's not. It's, it's no surprise. <laughs> but it's just somewhere yeah, when, you have, when you have people that really connect with a band on a personal level and they have a chance to see something to them live, they're going to end up doing it no matter what it is. If you have a chance to see them in the live stream event, yeah, you're going to end up taking that chance because you get to see your favorite band play live. You get to see certain songs play live. And hell, you might be able to create something for it in yourself all of a sudden. You might be able to create the one-person mosh pit in your living room, start bouncing off the walls. And if you get hurt, it's like, ah, oh, that wall took me out. Now you're going to get in a fight with the wall. Okay, maybe not that way because that's something I would probably do. But it just adds more potential for fans that get to watch their favorite bands, get to see them live, but also as a band on a mo- on a monetary side, it gives you a chance to make some more money that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a win win, honestly. Like it's a bit more work, but I, I could I can see like a lot of production companies just like focusing maybe more on putting together this sort of like streaming uh, like all in all in one solutions. And yeah, every, everyone's winning there. There. Shoot, now you're, now you're giving me an idea to start something up right like right after this. Like, okay, what can I do to start up somewhere all I want, of a sudden? I want 10 person. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll put you on there. All of a sudden, you're going to get if, – if it does end up happening, you're going to get a check in the mail like five months out. All of a sudden, what the heck is this for? And, you're gonna, <laughs> you're, and all of a sudden, you're going to have – there's going to be something in there like a QR code that you scan. It'll take you a link to this episode. You'll be like, oh, now I know what that's from. <laughs> No, nah, you can keep your, you can keep my show. It's fine. But still, that's not. I've, I've got a feeling someone's going to end up doing that just because it gives. Oh yeah. But and it's going to be somewhere. It's like it has to be. There could be multiple of these as well because, especially, I'm gonna use America as an example. There are so many bands that are around here, and there are so mm-hmm. many bands from so many different states here in the United States. So what happens if all of a sudden, you know, we have this great facility for all these different live streams out in New York and out in uh, Los Angeles? But what about all the bands that are from the Midwest? It's what ha- like we, we're going to need to have a space where these bands can go and take care of something like this so they don't have to travel all the way out to the East yeah. Coast to go to New York or all the way out to the West Coast to go to L.A. So it's like, okay, now we're going to have one in Chicago. Okay, well, what about there's other bands all over the place? Now we're going to have one in Houston. We're going to have one in Philadelphia, have one in Minneapolis. 
have one in Detroit, have one in Cleveland. Like there's going to be places where you can set all these different things up. But yeah. then the issue is I wouldn't be, be surprised. Is, Sorry, I'll let you finish. Oh, I'll say, but then the issue is going to be is how viable is this going to be? You got to start out somewhere. So, of course, you're going to start out in the bigger spots or you're going to have more bands that could potentially use something like this and then see how it grows from there. But it does give a lot of potential for already. Again, like you said, the fans are going to have a chance to see you live if they're not even from the area that you guys are from in the world. But also for the fans that have seen you plenty of times but just want to see you guys again. It gives them another chance at potentially even a cheaper cost because it's, yeah, you're going to have to go through, okay, whatever the band's going to charge, whatever they're going to end up charging as like if wherever venue you're going to be performing at in terms of the live stream event. But it's, you're not going to have all these different ticket processing fees, all these different insurance fees that yeah. get on top of it as just well. Just the gas to, to drive to the venue or everything. Yeah. Like for people who just can't afford to go to a lot of shows, they might be stoked to have this option too. No, oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, even for myself, it's like, would I go? Would, would I rather go see a live performance and a live stream one? Absolutely, I think everyone would. But if the only yeah. chance you're going to get to see one of your favorite bands for that year is on a live stream performance, let me ask yeah, you: so you would de- Why wouldn't you take that? I'm pretty sure you would take that as well. Your favorite band, you didn't get to see them for like maybe a year or two, oh, and yeah. the only chance was a live stream event. You would definitely jump in on that. Yeah, I bought I bought tickets for a couple of my favorite artists. So I mean, live stream tickets. So. Yeah. Uh, which artists are those? Uh, I watched the Architects one, which was really good. Uh, the Dua Lipa one as well, on a different uh, <laughs> sort of music. Uh, honestly, I think that's about the the two I watched. But I mean, the two I bought tickets for. But yeah, it was a it was a good time. Oh, to- again, totally understandable. I know that Architects one, especially when they drop for those that wish to exist, that thing was going to be massive in terms of what it did for. Honestly, what it did for rock music, metal music, metalcore, whatever it might be, because it ended up charting number one in the UK. And yeah, yeah. Like, for, that's, that's like what metalcore band ever charts in the UK? It's like, well, Architects did it. And it's just, it just shows that, especially when it comes to rock and metal, I know they're not the most prominent genres in the, in the world right now. Here in the US, it's like, they t- like they're like fourth or fifth place behind pop music, hip hop, and rap. And then, depending on where you are in the country, pop country music. Like, it takes like second fiddle. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, is, it's still, it's a, even before the pandemic, you go to venues that have rock and metal bands there. And if they have other artists there as well, the rock and metal shows seem to be the ones that are still selling out the most. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because heavy music fans are so much more dedicated than your regular music fan. That's right. No, absolutely. I mean, there's been times yeah. where all of a sudden I've been to a venue here in Milwaukee where it's like, yeah, we've got three different stages in this whole entire venue. All three will be filled up with bands that night. And wherever the rock and metal band is, they're the ones that have the the show that's going to end up having the highest percentage of tickets sold. And by that, I mean, most time it's 100% and they would end up moving them to a different, like a larger mm-hmm. stage just to accommodate more fans. But if yeah. you've got bands already scheduled for those stages that already sold tickets for those stages, you're not going to end up moving them around. I've seen ones where all of a sudden it's like, okay, we've got a headliner in the in the top stage and then we've got like motionless and white in the basement stage. But then there's this middle stage that's empty. Well, Moshe's and White sold out. They're still wanting to sell tickets. So let's move them up. And then all of a sudden, like, they move them up. And then two days later, yeah, those tickets are already sold out as well. So it's just like, it, okay. there's definitely this, there's this fever pitch and there's this dedication when it comes to rock and metal music fans where if you have a chance to see 
one of your favorite bands, you're going to end up going to see it. If you have a chance to see a band that you're just starting to get into, you're going to want to go and see them live because you're going to end up potentially getting into them more than you did beforehand. It's, it's a whole entire thing. It's just, it's so much better to see live music than to just listen to it on the radio, listen to it in your iPod and your phone, whatever it might be. Or as, as good as live stream events are, nothing beats the real thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And especially like you said, for heavy music. It's just, uh, yeah, there's this community feeling. There's this, yeah, I mean, there's something about a, a big old heavy metal show with a pyro and stuff. That's, <laughs> that's yeah, it's something that you, you don't get anywhere else in terms of, uh, in terms of feelings and energy. So, you know, and, and even when it comes to the whole entire family oriented feel behind it as well. Yeah. If for an outsider perspective of all of a sudden you're going to like take like a bird's eye view of the show and you see a mosh pit going, and you think people are trying to kill each other in that, just like the family vibe is there because it's totally organized chaos where the the cardinal rule is yeah. if if someone gets knocked down, you pick them up. Like yeah, exactly. And I think I, I think this I think this is starting to be like more uh, like I think people even outside of uh, alternative and metal music, I think they're starting to to pick up on that a bit. Wouldn't you say? Like, I would... like metal music, especially here in Europe, doesn't doesn't have as much of a as much of a bad reputation as it used to. So, from this side, it's it's cool. It's good to see. I mean, I mean, from the, from that side, I totally understand where you're coming from because if you go back maybe 20, 25 years, the reputation, yeah. of it, especially over in Europe, is a completely different thing. Here in the U.S., again, 20, 25 years ago, it's a completely different thing due to the fact that it was the most prominent genre around. So there was a lot more focus in on it. But then as time has gone on. People are getting different things. Different genres became bigger. Pop music became a lot more electronic, electronic, a lot more synthesized. So people really jumping on that. Hip hop and rap exploded. And then again, different parts of the country, popular country music really took off as well. So that whole, one of your people are thinking about like the hardcore rock and metal fans. It's, you're always thinking about the guys are just like, oh, these guys are rough. Like these fans are rough, tough. They're mean. But you take a look at the whole entire aspect behind it. And when you hear people talk about it, it's like people ask, why you jump into a mosh? I'm like, because it's, it, I enjoy doing it. I, for me, I love the energy behind it. If I'm, if, if I'm just, I'm at a show and all of a sudden there's a mosh with that forms. There are times where all of a sudden, like I'm on the edge. I'm like, man, should I, when should I jump into this? Like, I'm kind of nervous. I don't want to get like jump into and get blindsided right away. But I know right when I take that first hit from somebody, like my mind, just, like my mindset just triggers. I'm like, I am ready to go. Let's do this thing. Like it just like sets up enough where I am prepared for it. So there are times I'll just tell people to push me in. And it's like, okay, it's a, it's a, it's a friendly thing. Like all of a sudden, boom, I get pushed in. There's one time I did get, me, dude. There's one time I get completely blindsided and I got the wind knocked out of me. And the, like I got picked up right away. And they're like, are you good? I'm like, I'll be good. Like a minute later, all of a sudden I'm flying around this thing, just having a blast. Like, yeah, of course, this is what I love to do. But again, it's that family vibe. It's that family mentality. Even a great example is I forgot what show it was at, but um, at the end of the band that was before the headliner, all of a sudden on the ground, we found like a wallet, some keys, someone's phone. And, okay, and we don't know who these are. And there was going to be no way to find this person. So we're trying to figure out how can we get somebody to know that, you know, if they're probably losing their wallet, losing their phone, losing their keys, they're probably feeling around their pockets. They're probably having this moment of utter freaked outness, kind of like you did with the backpack thing. Back to, back to the beginning, yeah. So what we ended up doing was we all started chanting, like in our area that we found it, everyone around there started chanting like, wallet, wallet. Wall. Nice. So whoever knew could pick it up. And all of a sudden I hear, I look at them going like, that's my wallet. We're like, we're pointing the guy like, yeah, come on, come on. 
So the guy comes up and we're like, okay, the person who had it literally asked for, like where the ID was, pull out the ID, yeah. put it up next to the person's head, put the ID back in, gave him the wallet because it's like, okay, it's yours. Like we can, like it's we so can tell fun. now. It's like, okay, we found the other one though. This was here's like this. If this doesn't say family vibe, I don't know what does. This was Riot Fest in Chicago in 2019. It was seen rise yeah. against. It was super duper hot outside, like super hot, super humid. And it was later in the day. So people have been waiting for this. And once the band started, everyone was packed in. There was really no movement. And honestly, people were kind of starting to pass out around us. Like, yeah. so in a, in a, in a room, in a, in a, in a venue, or it was outside though, but like in a, in a crowd that is so packed in and people are having trouble and need medical attention. How can we get them this kind of a medical attention that they need because they passed out? But it's going to take forever for any security person or any uh, medical personnel just to get through the crowd. How the hell are we going to take care of this? Yeah, we crowd surfed them to the front. Oh, my God. (laughs) Probably about 10 or 20 people we did this with. And it's like, okay, yeah. you know, respect them. Could, 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 I mean, was it maybe the best idea? Who knows if they had a potential injury or something? Who knows? But we need to find a way to get the medical attention as fast as possible. And when it came to how packed this show was, if we put somebody up and we cross her from the front, there is no way that they're not going to be held up throughout this whole entire thing. No one was dropped and it was like, okay, this is worth it. Hell, I almost passed out myself as well. I'm like, I just need to find some air. And all I saw a nice mosh pit form next to me. I'm like, open space in a mosh pit. I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I, I get I get in all of a sudden it was like some kid kind of was like running right towards me I'm just like oh this will be the first hit of course fall on Masha him and I go shoulder to shoulder together we just go flying backwards and I'm just thinking yeah I'm ready for the rest yeah. of this show this was fun but yeah it's it's somewhere when it comes to live music especially with rock and metal fans there is such a family vibe there and if you ever see like people that like start fights or anything like that Usually they get kicked out pretty quickly, not only from yeah. if the band sees it, but like if the fans see it, it's like, okay, we, we know who was doing it. All of a sudden security is coming. Okay, who was fighting? Yeah, we're going to point you out right away because why are you trying to ruin the show for us, man? Like, yeah. Why are you trying like, to do this? I'm not even sure I've ever seen like a, a fight break out of the show personally. Um, I'm thinking, but I, I don't think so. Like Obviously, it happened like uh, even at shows that I, that I was at, but you know, that, that's saying like how rare it is. And yeah. how well taken care of it is most of, the, most of the time, yeah. I've seen it happen once, and I was seeing Breaking Benjamin. So they were performing, and these two guys started fighting, and they had brought their kids with them. Their kids are maybe, you know, eight, nine years old. Yeah. Ben Burnley saw it, got absolutely pissed, and told and threw the two guys out of the show. Like He's like, I do not want – you guys are going to fight here. Like, why are you fighting here? Your kids are right there. So he took the two dads, threw them out of the show, and now what's going to happen with the kids? Like they don't want, like they didn't do anything wrong. So, yeah, so he put them side stage or something. Put them side stage for the rest of the See? show, and everyone's just like, See? yeah, everyone in the crowd's like, now that was the move to make because now these dads are going to be thinking, man, we just got kicked out of this show that we took our kids to because we were fighting over something stupid, yeah. and now and our no, kids our are, kids ex- are getting they're experiencing something they're going to remember for the rest of their lives. Because of our dumbass mistake, but we're not going to be part of it because of what we did. Yeah, I mean, it's still it's still a bit of a win if you think about <laughs> it. But it's it's still a bit of a win. But then, as a kid, I, you're always gonna, kid. yeah. As a yeah, kid, you're still going to remember that your dad got into a fight at a show yeah. for some yeah. random reason, yeah. and it's usually over some real it's usually some over real stupid. Either it's like, oh, he bumped into me. Yeah, you're at a rock show. 
the, the yeah, crowd's dude. packed in there. Yeah, you're going to get bumped <laughs> into. Sure. Like, there have been times where I think it was, I forget who I was seeing, but, like, I there was someone behind me that was, like, constantly elbowing me in the back of the neck. I'm like, dude, you got to stop. And it was, like, because I was on the edge of the pit as well, but the pit, but, like, I was on the edge, but there were, like, two people in front of me that were kind of blocking me, so I couldn't even get into the pit. And this guy was, like, trying to, no, I'm like, dude, I can't really move. I can't really get in here. I want to. And I got pissed at one point. I'm like, you know what? I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I said, you, you want to get in the pit? Yeah, I literally said, okay. Told the guy next to me. We picked him up and we kind of launched him into the pit. We we're like, okay, screw this. We launched <laughs> one of the two people in the pit. And he's just like, I'm like, okay, I'm not getting hurt anymore. I'm not getting banged in the back of the neck anymore by this kid's elbow. This kid's in the pit. And now he's got a funny story about how we literally threw him in over people. Yeah, could have gotten hurt. Maybe. We kind of waited for the right time for all of a sudden. Probably not. Opening. We're like, Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, the kid was younger than me at that point. The kid might have been like 17, 18 years old. So, yeah, he's pretty spry. If he was going to get hit, nothing yeah. was going to happen to him. You're flexible on this age, too. So. <laughs> they're, built like rub- they're built like rubber, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> so, one other thing I do want to talk about, too, is especially when it comes to your music. And I believe you guys, did you guys release a brand new song during the pandemic? Um, we released, uh, our first release back was uh, April. 2021 so oh. it was not like the heart of the pandemic but yeah. still technically the pandemic it's still, still technically later on and that was seasick sailor correct yeah exactly okay want to make sure i remember that because like that when i came to trying to find out about your music find out about your band that was a song that i really ended up honing in on i'm like okay this is the most recent one i thought it had been released during the pandemic but i thought it might have been like december 2020 january 2021 no, it's, it's still fairly recent yeah <laughs> still fairly recent but because I was listening to it, and I'm just like, oh, th- like I really was trying to get into this song as well so that we can kind of figure out exactly, you know, when it comes to the music of Resolve, present it to the fans, what can they expect, what is it like? And I thought Seasick Sailor, I'm like, okay, it's the brand new one, but damn, was that song good. Oh, thanks. So one thing, because I always go through this incredible deep dive on the song. The first thing I always want to know about is like, when it comes to the song, um, what's the meaning behind it? And the reason I always wonder that is because if I try and figure out, then I can always tell, like, okay, how do the instrumental progressions work? Because that always ends up telling a story about what the song is about and kind of lets you guide through in terms of, okay, here's what the meaning of the song is. Now, how are you going to take it in order to kind of focus in on your own life? Because, of course, we've all gone through different things in life but when it comes to really taking the meaning of a song. Yeah, it can be something about something very specific in your world. And then I listen to it. It can have the same emotion at the base, but it's going to be very specific to what I went through as well. Yeah. So I'm always curious to see kind of, what you guys meant by this whole entire song with C6 Sailor, then what I took from it and seeing again, where this core matches up. But then of course we all live different lives. So when we get down to the specifics of it, that's where everything brands off. But then again, that's the beauty of music where we can all connect to the same song in the exact same way, but through many different experiences. Yeah. Well, like the, the meaning behind C6 Sailor, I think, uh, I think people like caught onto it pretty easily because basically it's uh like the C6 error is just a metaphor. It's just a metaphor for uh, well, it's ourselves. I mean, it's uh, it's ourselves with uh, like young adults in 2020, just trying to figure out the world uh, that sometimes seems a lot like way too big for us to navigate, and just yeah, realizing realizing that sometimes the best thing you do is just like surrender to the flow and just go with it, and you know, like pick up on the signals that life sends you and pick up on the you know on your son, like your karma and everything just yeah accept that you cannot control everything 
and just try to try to live your life as you see fit following this basically and also don't be afraid sometimes to take risk and jump in like head first because yeah that's that can pay off too like that that thing that seems so intimidating and scary from the outside like lots of the time once you once you've done it you're like that was it that's like it was actually fairly easy so yeah that's that's basically the the meaning of the song and hopefully with the with the video it's yeah hopefully with the video people can pick up on it and maybe relate yeah because where i was looking at was it kind of has that same feel where i looked like where i took it was depend upon yourself in order to survive the trials and tribulations of life where we just went through this whole entire pandemic thing where we were kind of isolated from everybody else and yes it is helpful to have other people in your corner other people that in your support system that can help you through these things but when it comes to making those certainly it's like trying something and wanting to do something that you know you might be scared of doing the person that's going to end up having to do that again is you so depend upon yourself depend upon the trust that you have within yourself to go through that because shit's going to end up happening you're going to need to overcome it we do need that help from others but this song takes a look at the inside of yourself to know that the most important person to help you in any sort of negative uh time in life or negative period of time is going to be yourself and the reason for that is because no one can directly impact your life as much as you can because you're the one i mean you're the one i mean heck i want to impact my life by sending my left arm to the left boom i just did it like it it takes i couldn't have made you do it but i mean i i don't want like i don't want to say that only you can make a change uh in your life because Honestly, I think sadly, lots of people, I think it comes down also to Mm self-love and self, uh, how would you say it? Like maybe self-forgiveness or something. English world like escapes me. But I'm fine. Like I'm, thankfully, I'm fine in my own shoes and in my own skin. But I I also know that for a lot of people, it's not the case. So uh, to those people who want to say that it's fine too. And if you, sadly, if you can't find the strength to love yourself for now, I think the tides will turn and feel free to reach out to people as well to, to just, yeah, get help, talk about this and maybe spark that little something that that makes you go, okay, now uh, maybe I can take it from there and, and start like swimming towards the, swimming towards the, the right direction. Yeah. It's not saying that, you know, you're the only person that can have that impact on you. It's what we're kind of saying is, when it comes to the percentage of who can impact the most, of course, you're going to be the one that's going to be able to make the most yeah. impact. And when it comes to self-confidence, self-love, whatever it might be, that's going to really come from the inside of you. However, you don't have to be the sole reason behind why that happens. I mean, you can have you the help of family. and Yeah, you're going to end up having the help of family and friends to maybe help you realize that because maybe they realize something about yourself that you don't for a positive. It's like, okay, why do I have these friends that lo- that really care about me so much when I might be in this place where I really don't care about myself at all. And then you see the reasons what you like, what you do and how you act and who you are and how it has a positive impact on the people around you. And that just ends up building up that it basically like primes your self-confidence and your self-worth all mm-hmm. of a sudden. Now you start building on that yourself. And now you get to a certain point where you're one of the happiest people you've ever been, one of the happiest people you've ever met. And that positivity is just radiating throughout you. So it takes a look at, again, when it comes to making the changes in order to become the best person you can possibly be and really getting through the problems of life. Of course, you're going to be the most important person, but you're not the only person. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to realize that as well. 
because sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get stuck in your online. And yeah, just can see like, you can always see straight ahead and maybe lack like, like perspective a bit. So Yeah, because even like for me, is like, I mean, I've gone through times in life where all of a sudden things have been absolutely just not good, horrible, depression hit, suicide tendencies hit. And it was like family and friends were there to kind of keep me going at one point. But then when it came to just trying to find something that was like, you know, going to end up making me kind of just like connect with it more, but then also build up on myself once again, that's where music really came into play. But it was, again, it was kind of like me finding music and really relating to it and really going forward with it. That's what ended up building up on it, again, being the most, kind of like that most important part. But it would have never gotten there from where I was had it not been through family and friends support to kind of like, okay, you're not doing so well. It's like, you're really, you're kind of stuck in your own head on this. Okay, let's take you out of that situation. Maybe get you in a different place where we can have your mind just not think about that for a while, just kind yeah. of clear it in a way. And it's like, okay, had, like one of my friends went to go see stand-up comedy for a while. One of my friends, it's like, okay, we're going to go out to the bars here and there just once in a while. All right, we're going to go and play soccer here and play football, actually, because, well, we'll use the proper term for it, play football, because I had to say <laughs> soccer for all the American people. But it's like, okay, now my mind is able to kind of just forget for a little bit. But when I did a lot of those things, it was my mind still stuck in it. Going to a concert, though, and seeing the band perform live – yeah, that was probably the biggest thing because they're like, okay, now my mind is completely away from all that stuff and now yeah. I'm enjoying myself. And of course, when the show ends, you know, I started thinking about that stuff again, but for an hour and a half, just having that removed completely is incredible. So again, when it comes to just getting through those trials and tribulations of life, you are the most important person to get yourself through those, but you're not the only person to get yourself through those. You do have the support system. That's kind of what C6LA really brings to the forefront here. Exactly, yeah. Good, uh really like your interpretation yeah oh thank you i i I always like to look at the lyrics as much as possible and really kind of figure out because there's so many different metaphors in there it's okay where is this coming from but then again a lot of it also comes from personal experience as well because yeah and we can i think we can all relate to like to different like to different degree but everyone has those struggles yeah everyone goes through some sort of trials and tribulations in life but it's what we all go through is different however it's when you get down to the absolute bare bones basic of it, of the concept, it's it's the same. And that's where you get a song that really connects with so many people because we all connect with it at the core of it. But when we go to the specifics, that's where all our reasons change. I think Dave Grohl even said, you can have 85,000 people at like a live show of his. You can have 85,000 people singing back a song to him that he's singing, but it's for 85,000 yeah. different reasons. And yeah, that's exactly. where you get the impact from a song like this. And that's the, yeah, and that's the beauty of it too. And that's one, cool. and one thing I also saw as well was like because when I was looking at some of the pro- promo stuff for you guys, it was like, okay, what bands do they kind of have? Like, if you like these bands, what ba- like should you listen to Resolve? And the two bands I saw in there were Fit for a King and Barry Tomorrow. I'm just like, oh boy, because I did enjoy Barry Tomorrow's last record when it came to Fit for a King. That uh, that one of the crazy shows I saw was like they were the opener before the headliner and it was just somewhere i had never even heard of fit for a king before listening to music i'm like this is fun as shit and i was just having a blast with it when it came to c6a i'm like when i saw that comparison i was like i well, knew i was gonna be in for something exciting and after listening I'm like if you're a fan of fit for a king or barry tomorrow and you haven't checked out resolve especially c6 sailor what in the actual hell is going on here guys because this song definitely fits that mold of not you know like 
the style, but like the emotions, the way it just flows. Like if if you're a fan of those bands, you're gonna absolutely love this band. Yeah, and let, let me tell you, like C Six Zero is a bit of a different, like not really a different song for us, but obviously, like it doesn't have that massive fit for working breakdown, or uh, it doesn't have this uh, this big like metal riff from Bury Tomorrow. But um, there's a lot of stuff coming that are more like leaning more towards this uh, this side. So so yeah, it was, it was really nice also to see that. Because we like our biggest song yet was a straight like metal song, like relentless and fast and everything. So we thought, mm-hmm. uh, you know what? Let's let's just try something different for the for the next one and try maybe and surprise yeah. people a bit. Because most people probably expected us to just like stick to this very uh, straight to the yeah. point, uh, heavy direction. But that's not something we really want to do. We want to keep it fresh and diverse. So. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just made sense for us not to put this, put ourselves into this uh, too much of a what's the what's the word? Kind of like put yourself into a box. Yeah, sort of. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Yeah, and I I totally understand that too. And when it came to this song, because I'm taking a look at my notes for like was especially instrumentally when you got to the bridge, because compared to the chorus, like the pace was kept overall with the instrumentals, but the guitars really dropped back to a softer style. The drums you enter a little bit later on in the bridge with this lighter build Mm -hmm. from the cymbals, and I'm like especially with that building feel that you guys want from the verses into the chorus. I'm like, we're getting that again here. I'm not expecting, and like, but I'm expecting them to have more of the same tone on the chorus. They did the outro, like kind of like outroing the song with that bridge. Yeah. I'm like, and the outro for the first half, we get that like this in the, like, uh, what would I say? And in the outro for the first half, we get just that in the end with a little bit more of melodic pacing compared to the chorus. But again, it does make sense because you're giving the outro of this song after this more grander feel to it. So you're not bringing in that like heavy breakdown, that heavy melt, like riff style, but you're still having that emotion, that feel to your yeah. core. So it does understand. And then like you get to the second half, you turn up the intensity with the heavier guitars and the drumming with more melodic pacing to really let this thing soar in the outro. So you do end up bringing some of the heavier stuff as well, but instead of being a full on breakdown, it's kind of like you're building up this song again to really set it out on a high note. So you're not really kind of yeah, like just goal, heavy yeah. hitting it. It's like, okay, you're sending it. So it's like, you're ready. It's basically like, as this song ends, you feel like you're absolutely ready for the next thing that's going to come up, whatever it might be. So in a live setting, you play C6 Sailor. It's kind of, it feels like you can really follow this song with anything. This song is an ultimate wild card in the set because whatever yeah. you put after it, especially after the way that that outro ends up building you up and letting it soar, it feels like no matter what you go with, especially it has like a lot of energy behind it you're gonna end up creating this like overall great flow on a show yeah we can't play to we can't wait to play to play this one live because yeah that's exactly what was our thoughts exactly so it's gonna it's probably gonna be really fun you're gonna have to play this one live man and I, oh we I, will we i was will like sure and i hope to god i get to see it at some point because well that just sounds like fun it really does hopefully it will well, hopefully it'll end up being in like, uh, well, not 2021, but 2022, because I, I know I want to go, I plan going back to Europe in 2022 at some point, of course, once, you know, everything kind of gets back with COVID, everything's off, off the table with that, all these live shows are coming back, and then it's like, okay, well, I want to go back over here because I had so much fun there last time, there's so many bands I know now that are over there, I want to see as many as possible, and it's just yeah. because, well, you guys all make kick-ass music. I want to be in the crowd for it. And if I end up getting getting a mosh pit, all of a sudden, oh, my my head gets split open because I have a huge cut right here from the mosh pit. You're going to see me looking like I'm having a good time. I might look beat up, but I'm having a great time. <laughs> I'm fine, guys. I'm fine. 
I, I've told that to people before. It's like all of a sudden, if I'm at a show and, and you notice me and all of a sudden I'm in a pit and I just get knocked down, I start bleeding. It's like, okay, is he okay? If Even if I leave on a stretcher, you're going to see me going like, it's good. The only reason I'm leaving on a stretcher is because they called one. <laughs> or, they're, or they're making me. Because I've been to shows before where I've gotten these, like, I've gotten a huge cut right above my left eye. And then I stuffed a bunch of, like, paper towel up there and then took a piece of someone's shirt and tied it around my eye so I looked like a pirate. That's badass, man. And uh, I didn't jump in the pit, though, because I was afraid it was going to open up again. I don't want to bleed over everybody. Yeah. I was still on the edge of the pit, though, pushing people back in. Because I'm like, this is the next best thing I can do is to prevent myself from potentially bleeding over everybody. But I still look like a pirate. I'm like, man, I kind of want to do that again. Okay, maybe not bleed that much, but look yeah, like a just, pirate at a show. Yeah, kinda just kinda look like, yeah, just dress like a pirate and be all good. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go see uh, Ailstorm, not Hailstorm, Ailstorm, the uh, the, yeah. the pirate hard rock band. You probably not, you probably won't be the only one, just like a pirate there. No, I probably won't be, but I think it'll be hilarious. But one thing I want to put, say is, so when it comes to like songs, I know we didn't go at deep into Seasick Sale, but I always like to do an overall kind of summation of it for everyone that's listening. So here's what I wrote for Seasick Sailor. Overall, Seasick Sailor ended up being a song that really surprised me. When I first saw the comparison to Fit for a King and Barry Tomorrow, I had some excitement to what I was going to get myself into. Listening to the song, the first verse really created this building feel to the whole entire song. They were going to get something that had a lot of energy and raw power behind it, but it also left the door open for something with a lot of pace and even a lighter sound as well. I was surprised that that lighter sound and faster pace was the payoff when I was hoping for something a little bit on the heavier side, but the second verse really took care of that, bring back that heavier side as well. So you're seeing a whole entire duality within the song where the chorus really makes a lot of sense after you listen to like that, the first verse of the chorus and the second verse comes in, you can get that heaviness in there and then the chorus can come in and everything's gonna make sense. And then the bridge and the outro is really gonna send you like up on this high note at the end. So it was one hell of a flowing song that fans, I think if you're fans of Fit for a King or Barry Tomorrow, you should definitely check this track out if you haven't yet. Thanks man, really. Really, really appreciate that. Thanks, Kevin. No, you're, you're very welcome. And, Robin, as we bring this podcast to a close, one thing I always like to do is give you a chance to say whatever you want to say. If you want to promote anything you want to promote, perfect time to do it. I'll have it labeled in the podcast for everyone to check it out. So, Robin, floor is yours. When When is this released? When is Do you know? Um, right now, I'm thinking sometime in July. The reason being is because I have, re- over the past, like, two, two and a half weeks before this, I had a chance to record a lot of these episodes and a lot yeah. of great bands. Oh, so I'm like, fine. I'm just hitting just, them. Just wanted and to it's... make sure what I uh, what I could say, but yeah, what, th- what I say is well then. So we spoke about C6 Hero and you can just check out our new single, which is called Beautiful Hell, which we released uh, on June 11th. So it should be still fairly French when people see this. And uh, I really, really, really like this one too. It's a bit more on the heavier side, like a lot more on the heavier side. Ooh, yeah. And uh, and we really love the music video for this one as well. So yeah, we're really excited for for it to release. What was the name of that and, song? I mean, sorry. What was the name of that song again? Beautiful hell. Beautiful hell. Well, the reason to write that down is because when I put the video together for this, yeah, sure, I can actually put it below. I can say beautiful hell. Go stream that bad boy now. Cool. Yeah, and yeah, like same uh, like I was mentioning earlier for people who haven't seen it yet, check it or check out our live set uh on youtube it's on landmark's youtube channel which i think you can just like google uh, resolve a live stream show or something and yeah we're really proud of this one as well and um yeah i think by july uh by july i can say that uh, a, a bigger announcement is on the horizon i'm not, I'm not gonna dip my toes too much on this because it's still a bit unsure but yeah 
I mean, we we should be we should have good news all over the all over the year. So yeah, just check us out and follow us on Instagram and and yeah, stay connected with us. Alrighty, now it's time for me to end this podcast with my three things. So we just talked about the fact that they're going to have beautiful hell up by the time this podcast releases. Mm-hmm. There might be some brand, grand you know, announcement that might have come up during this time. Might be on the horizon. You never really know. So you guys are going to want to stay in touch with Resolve, right? You're going to want to know when this stuff comes out. You're going to want to listen to music. You're going to want to watch their videos on YouTube. You're going to want to check out that live stream they did with Landmark. So... I know what you're thinking, Kevin, why the hell do we have to search for all this stuff? Can you just do what you normally do? Go in the description of the podcast, say find Resolve Online, have every single link there possible for us to just click on and follow. Even when it comes to that live stream link as well with Landmarks, you just have the video link there as well. Well, duh, of course, that's what I'm going to do. So take a look at the description of the podcast, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, F Podcast, and iHeartRadio. Everything will be there for you as well. So you can follow along with the band, make sure you stay in touch with any announcements. Uh, you can stream that live show as well. And also you can stream their music at any point as well, Spotify or Apple Music. And then find them online, buy some merch. I'll have that there yeah, too. Sure. I mean, why wouldn't you want to cool. support that? Now, the second one is, now, Robin, I know if you're from France, France being me being from the US, might be a little bit difficult to make this happen, but I will keep this promise. So whenever I have a band on the podcast that I absolutely enjoy having on, I make a certain promise. This happens 100% of the time. This is no different here. This is not an if. This is not an if. This is a when. I get to see you perform live for the first time, whether it's over here in the United States, whether it's over in Europe, wherever it might be. The promise is this. First round's on me. Oh, sick, man. Well, the second's on us then. <laughs> oh, it'll it, it'll better it better happen. Again, I'm planning on coming over to Europe in 2022. Maybe yeah, you like should, you should come for festivals like in the in the summer or something. The odds might be greater for, for us to yeah, well, be there. I'll say we'll see what happens because I'm usually doing stuff around the summer here. If it's any time, I might be like May of 2022 or September of 2022. So maybe after the festivals get ended and everyone kind of gets back into the uh, like, yeah. uh, go playing club scenes again, that might be what happens. Again, I'm not entirely sure. It's all dependent upon what happens. So Yeah. I mean, would it have been any other year? We could have just like scheduled, actually scheduled something. But at the moment, yeah, everything's still like there's still a lot of moving parts. So. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a when, not an if. This I get. Yeah, but that's a, yeah. it's a when, it's a 100%. when, not an if. Because hell, even if I end up over in Europe and all of a sudden it's like, oh, you guys are playing a show that's not in France, but say you're playing in Germany or something. Oh shoot, I might be going to Germany at that exact same time. Perfect. Yeah. Then I mean, I'm, we still got time, so yeah. Then I have to buy one of those big Stein mugs of beer for you guys. Like, okay, here we go. Cheers. Woo! I just have a great time with that. <laughs> Exactly. All right, Robin. So as we close this podcast, because that promise is there, because we're going to keep in contact with you guys, because we're going to keep tabs on you with especially some bigger announcements coming up, I cannot end this podcast with goodbye because that just doesn't seem right. So I'm going to end it with, see you later. Bye, man. Thank you for having me. What's good? Whoa, whoa, folks. This is my review with Robin from the band Resolve out of France. Again, anything you know about the band when it comes to their brand new song, Beautiful Hell, when it comes to listening to C6 Sailor, find their merch, checking out the last thing they did with Landmarks. That's a little precursor for you guys. When it comes to checking out all of that stuff, you can check it out in the description of the podcast below under Find Resolve Online. I'm going to have all the links there for you. Go check them out. Again, if you're a big fan of a band like Fit for a King or Barry Tomorrow, Resolve is going to be another one of those bands that you're going to want to get into fully, and you're going to want to make sure you check them out when they come to a city near you, especially if you're over in Europe. This is definitely a band you're going to want to check out. If you're over in the United States, it might be a little bit of time before they make it over by us, but 
Doesn't mean you can't stream their music and check it out right now. That's the beauty of the internet, folks. You can check out all this stuff. I want to thank Robert Freeman on the podcast. Again, please follow everything and keep in tab- touch. Keep tabs on Resolve going forward. When it comes to the Corporate Rush podcast, if you're a longtime listener, if you're a subscriber, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because I love doing this stuff and I'm going to keep rolling. If you're not subscribed to the Corporate Progression Podcast, whether on the MSOD Rocks YouTube page, whether on the Corporate Progression Podcast on Spotify, Podcast, or iHeartRadio, please go and do that right now. I want to thank you for that as well, preemptively. And on that note, <clears throat> that's going to be great, guys. Thank you for watching, listening to the Corporate Progression Podcast by the MSOD Rocks, Rock Metal Thrives. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of them. Bit healthy and hearty. See ya! Oh, 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 oh.